All right, I'm Dan, and welcome to the Stage Fright Podcast, where we talk about mental health while working in creative industries. Today, I'm talking to session drummer Gareth Grover. You can't think yourself out of a lot of situations. You just have to start being active. We start by talking about the importance of family life. I couldn't be doing it now. Well, I think I would be, but it would be a very different family situation. And I had to ask him about the Foo Fighters. You get the email saying, we've been offered a gig with the Foo Fighters. Is your first thought, I hope I'm free? (laughs) (laughs) And what it's like to meet one of your heroes. I talk about this all the time. In fact, I talked about it with Taylor. God rest his soul. What it means to be a session musician. There are so many different shapes of how this stuff works (laughs) and the job roles within that 20% of it is the the kind of do I know how to play the drums bit the other 80% is can you listen to this can you do it to a click can you get the style can you get out of the fucking way when (laughs) you're not supposed to be in the way and also the roles we didn't realise we'd be doing when we took this job on fines for not putting in your tax returns boring as anything but it's really important all of those things are massive feeders to anxiety you're listening to the Stage Fright Podcast Here's Gareth Grover. Has that got... um, Because they take front and power, don't they? They do, yeah. I can chuck it on. But it's, it's, ma- it's, it's mainly for that little light at the bottom, at the bottom of it, that little yeah, purple light. It's, yeah, just, just to look It's for the ladies. Yeah, you know it, you know it. No, this is coming through. It's just... Sorry, mate. This was supposed to be a little bit smoother than this. <laughs> oh, mate. That's, uh, I know. I was kind of worried that I wasn't um, professional enough to start this podcast, and oh. here I am now. <laughs> oh, no. It's sat in it's my the, living room. Yeah, I know what you mean. But you just, like we were saying, you just have to kind of get on with it, don't you? Just get Is on that, with it, yeah. Fix it in the mix, uh, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fix um, it in the mix. So, for anyone listening, I'm talking to Gareth Grover and just give us a little blast of what you do for a job. What do you do? Yeah, man, of course. Uh, I guess I am a session musician. <laughs> That's uh, the remit, but it covers all sorts of everything, uh, more than people ever think. It's proper portfolio style career choice in this day and age, anyway. Um, I play drums for the Rattlesnakes, Frank Hart and the Rattlesnakes. That's kind of the main sort of performance thing I do, but I take on any recording sessions any live sessions i'm able to fit in around it i teach loads um yeah do a little bit of where it's available sort of college talks and things like that about just music about instrumental stuff about the background stuff kind of things we're talking about today i'm a dad to a chaotic family of two boys uh a beautiful (laughs) wife uh yeah <laughs> all of that as well so yeah it's pretty hectic i think I was, that covers I, everything i always say in these podcasts that to be a musician to be a, like a touring musician you do have to have a good family around you that go yeah man like go do it like you know you can't have people that go no you should get a proper job you need someone that goes no nah, I'm, I'm happy for you let's go let's go do it oh my god yeah i mean i, I met my wife a long time ago now <laughs> we've been together more than 20 years and yeah like married for not enough of those that happened quite a yeah. And uh, the kids kind of ha- happened earlier and um, yeah, just the, the way the story went. But the whole time, basically, she's just been an absolute rock behind all of this. She's kind of, she knows it's what I do. It's what I've always done. I've been through the cycle of the sort of process of being in a band, going to a certain level with it, that pulling apart for whatever reason, getting into the next one, the same process, plus all the other stuff in between time. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I couldn't be doing it now. Well, I think I would be, but it would be a very different family yeah. situation. So I just, you know, have to hold my hands up to her and, and say oh, that's amazing. a giant thank you for uh, for sticking with it, I guess. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah.
so being a father yeah what's that like while you're touring it's mad it's bonkers it? yeah it's like really i mean again like we said you need a kind of family and 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 that that are sort of willing to to put up with you doing it but mm. even then it sort of presents its its problems i it makes me desperately sad sometimes that i'm not there for certain things um then you are also there all the time in this modern world because you, you're on the end of the phone or whatever. Yeah. So all, all of those things that actually, you know, we're all normal things that happen, challenges, difficulties, uh, positive things as well. Like I say, stuff that actually then if you're away, you're missing either the positive things or <laughs> you're missing being there helping, which yeah. really gets on me like I, I put a lot of pressure on myself i think maybe unnecessarily because there's not much you can do about it but you definitely feel like you know they're they're one man down at home and <laughs> they can yeah be... i mean i have no experience with this but you must kind of feel like you're letting your partner down a little bit by yeah. being away and they're dealing yeah. with everything at home yeah basically that yeah hmm. yeah quite simply you can have all the phone calls in the world but you still can't fix a leaking roof or you can't you know help no, <laughs> around no. the house and do all that kind of stuff Precisely. while you're in sweden yeah. <laughs> yeah you've got it you've got it exactly i do try to just kind of reset my brain with that and just think well when you're back you can do everything under yeah. the sun that you can possibly do yeah. to make up for that and also at the end of the day like i say this to quite a few people dean's picked me up on it before and he's like i like that <laughs> I, I just think if you can't, I mean, it's, it's the only thing I can do, <laughs> so I'm just going to crack on doing it anyway. But if you can't show your children the thing of like chasing your dreams or kind of working towards uh, and doing what's required to get to the place where you're doing the thing that you most loved or enjoyed or, or really wanted to do, you know, I think that's quite an important part of it. Mm. I try and maybe that's just a my way of <laughs> excusing myself and be like, "Well, look, I'm just I'm just chasing my dreams. You can do this one day, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. chase your dreams." Uh, we always say to them, my wife and I, that even if their dream is to be like a bin man and just be the best damned bin man in the country, <laughs> then like just do it get stuck yeah. in and do it and i guess it's that it, yeah it's that same kind of attitude of like try and try and show them that you don't have to be held back i suppose yeah. by by stuff. oh that's great yeah. do the other guys in the band have kids yeah frank has his daughter mercy yeah um and tank helps look after yeah his his partner's uh son zach so, oh yeah. great so you have yeah. people to talk to about you know when you're missing them and feeling yeah you, you have people there to kind of yeah, massively. Yeah, we oh, that's we, awesome. have, we have moments on the on the road of yeah yeah teary moments and cheery moments yeah. all, all related and um, it's really nice in that sense. I suppose if there were, if I was part of a touring crew that you know couldn't relate to anyone on that level, um, yeah, it might be a little more difficult. Yeah, very lucky in that respect. Yeah, oh, that's great, mate. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music for advert-free, higher quality and early access to the Stage Fright podcast. So is that how you kind of got into the session work? Is it starting bands, moving on to another band, and then you realise, actually, I want to get more into session work? I think it was kind of always on my radar 
right from the beginning, really, like let, sort of late school after doing my A-levels and starting to understand a bit more about the world that was out there that we could get into. Mm. I think I, I also... I listened to and, and took in and played a massive amount of different styles of music and took influence from loads of places that were more than just that like typical kind of rock band scenario. Mm. So I, you know, I was listening to 10 Summoners Tales, the Sting record with Vinnie Colliuta on the drums. And that when I was like, you know, my dad was playing that in my early teens kind of thing. And it, all of le that left a big impression on me and I start investigating into what these guys do, who these guys are and seeing that they're not just a one band horse, a one man horse band. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they did a bit of everything and the concept of the session player was sort of introduced to me that way. Then I've just sort of fallen over my own feet through the next <laughs> 20 to 25 years of working to discover what that actually means. Um, sometimes guided and sometimes misguided. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You kind of fall into it by kind of being a yes man, don't you really? Just, can you play this gig tomorrow night? Yep. Let's do it. And then just work yeah. it out when you get there, which is kind Very of the start much. of the podcast. You know, it goes back to the start of the podcast. Just yeah. say yes and work yeah. it out as you go. <laughs> yeah, I've got to take a leaf out of your book as we were talking about. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> very much so. And you know what? Actually, I didn't do enough yesing at certain points in my career because I was too busy in sort of in my own head thinking <laughs> and you can't you can you can't think yourself out of a lot of situations you just have to start being active and it took me quite a long time to learn that really there's always a hundred reasons why you shouldn't do something yeah but yeah, that one uh, reason you should do it outweighs all them no's really yeah absolutely it should be it, do it doesn't and it's quite a hard thing to get over you know we're, we're, if we're generally talking about the world of like anxieties and worries it's that's that is the absolute bottom line to most of these things is that you get you're in a cycle of the wrong sort of thoughts or not mm. useful thoughts and they just feed on each other rather than <laughs> allowing you to harness that one that sends you to the right place yeah, so, um, yeah. It's, it's imposter yeah. syndrome imposter syndrome gets in the way and tells you yeah. you can't do something it, yeah essentially it's, it's a big part of it i think there's there's other elements to it as well but i guess yeah probably a lot of them can feed back to that imposter sort of scenario yeah a friend of mine came up with the name of the podcast stage fright which is mad because everyone i've spoken to being on stage is the least frightening part of the whole job that's yeah. the easy bit so oh you know how to do that that's great you can stand in front yeah. of you know fifteen thousand people that's easy it's the bits before I, and after <laughs> yeah <I laughs> when you're sat at home looking at people going why is he working and i'm not why why have i not been asking yeah. that gig <laughs> they're, the, they're the bits oh, oh my god yeah i can concur that is yeah it's also the bit that everybody expects to be the most anxious or like mm. anxiety inducing part of it but i guess if you think about it like the whole concept of just what you do when you learn an instrument and you you get in to the idea and the, the process that it's about constantly building constantly learning and one of the things hopefully you've been doing right since the beginning is getting up in front of people and showing that so yeah. <laughs> if you've been doing that in the right way right since the beginning actually it's probably the most practiced part of what you do yeah. then really again talking about what goes in your head you don't think so much about that bit you think about all the other stuff <laughs> the what yeah. am i what am i supposed to be practicing next what am i supposed to be doing next what's like yeah. what's on the cards how do i do this why have i missed that and like you said the you know why is he doing that gig and i'm not and <laughs> yeah why yeah, yeah. do the band like me do, am i dressed well enough for this band do oh, you reckon i fit in oh this my, band like all that oh kind of stuff God. goes through your head <laughs> yeah yeah so i i first wrong. met you 
it was the Skanderborg Festival, I think, in you were taking photos yeah. of when I was playing with Ecker. That's with right. Vandal, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the or first it... time I met you there. You were with the Rattlesnakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's the first time I properly knew about you and Tank is the other guy. What's his, what's yeah, his name? Yeah. Tom Tom Barkley. Tom but Barkley. Tank, okay. But Tank, yeah. Call basically. him Tank. Everybody um, does. But you know my friend Drew Lowe as well. I do. do yeah. I didn't know you yeah. knew Drew. Yeah. yeah. He, um, he uh he teaches guy, at my man. studio yeah he's a right. he plays for, he's plays for culture club now it's annoying because yeah, his name pops up in every podcast i've done somehow <laughs> oh really yeah he's just he just gets mentioned all the time so i might cut he's, this bit out actually <laughs> that's all right yeah no he's doing something right though isn't he if you think about that the, yeah in, yeah in, yeah in, in in the world of like what are the rules of being a session musician to do it well and it's like make sure everybody knows who you yeah. are <laughs> yeah exactly uh, I mean, exactly. also for Drew, he's an incredible player. So yeah, yeah that's kind of also pretty high up on the yeah, that's <laughs> the list, pretty list high of importance. Yeah. If you, I don't know how much you want to dive into this, but how does it work with the rattlesnakes? Are you a member of the rattlesnakes? Are you a session guy? You know, how does that kind of all come together? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, it's it's Dean and Frank's baby in terms mm. of like kind of where they came from the the concept of the band the sound the uh and the writing essentially so or still through to this day but and again this is one of those things that's never really covered or explained when you're sort of if you're studying towards this idea of being a, a session musician is that there are so many different shapes of how this stuff works <laughs> there's no one model at all yeah. um so i guess and considered so in some areas things like you know like when you're online doing ppl and you're putting in you know i perform it on this that and the other what am i am i a non-featured artist am i a, mm. a featured all of that stuff apparently from their perspective i'm considered as a featured artist because essentially you're like you're part of the band <laughs> but again in other ways of looking at it i'm a session musician because i suppose like contractually and and all those kind of things it's dealt with in in terms of i come in and i do the job that's being asked of me at at the bottom line but then there's a whole lot of blur in the middle in that mm. you become part of the identity of that act because you know you're in say videos or or the odd photos here and there and and i mean amazingly you know the guys now very much kind of take on board creativity from the the angle of sort of letting me do what i do in the way that i do it obviously and with all band situations whether you're in a sort of like you know writing situation with a band or whatever there will always be different ways of of tackling that stuff and for the most part you all work out what the right parts are and you agree on the thing for the recording but it's so again that all goes through the same sort of process but it's really nice to be able to put your stamp on it i suppose so again but that's part of that blurry line in the middle it's like i'm there to do what i do and i think what i do quite well and bring a certain vibe to it but there's always that opportunity for it to be like nah <laughs> that's ah. not the thing so again it's all part of this like learning to understand your place so from that respect i suppose yeah i'm basically i'm a session player yeah uh, i've only met frank a couple of times and he's super lovely he's almost quite shy in person on stage yeah. he's like this big energy but he's almost got a little bit shy but i get the vibe from him that I'm, i've never met dean but when you're writing stuff and frank and dean say right 
Gareth, come in, we want you to play these drums, this is the song, and then you play something. If, you, if they don't like it, they'll happily go, yeah, no, can you not do that? Can you try something something else? Are they very good yeah. at sort of musically directing you? Yeah, yeah, they are. But also, like I say, we, we've got into this place where I understand what they're looking for to a certain extent, and I will deliver that closely as possible. And if there's something creatively I think that might work better it's easily presentable and yes then it's just a case of if it if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't um that also is a good part of the the whole sort of the longevity of this the fact that i've been with them now for like three records and sort of going into hopefully doing the, the well not hopefully definitely starting the fourth fairly soon awesome. um you start to learn a bit more like back and forth between each other what's what works and what's acceptable and 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 actually a lot of it boils down to the ultimate thing again part of being a session player and understanding your place within the music whatever that might be that you're doing yeah all of these decisions are based on what's right for the music and what works for that which you know when you enjoy a good shred here and there it can very quickly get to the point of being like oh yeah hang on that was just a shred wasn't it that wasn't for the song yeah. at all and they're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. so and that that happens though from both of us that so happens from those guys and it, it's that teaches you a little bit more about what they want from the situation in particular and yeah um, awesome feeds feeds back on the things you put back into it that's a really long-winded way of answering your question <laughs> no that's good that's good that's way better than someone going yeah it's fun <laughs> and then that's it <laughs> it's it's that too yeah. yeah um yeah i mean it's got to be fun if you know the guys it's easy isn't it if you get on with yeah. the guys it's easy a lot of this job is don't be a dick that's uh, the bottom line <laughs> yeah absolutely do you enjoy the job i really do yeah. yeah like it's it's what i've always wanted to be doing and i kind of We've had a few situations over the last few years, like particular shows or particular tours or whatever, that really like confirm <laughs> what uh, that it was right to kind of chase what I always wanted to do. Yeah. To keep going. Yeah. Yeah, keep basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and why as well, you know, like it's very easy when you're in a state of kind of worry through various elements of what we have to deal with in, in this game to lose track of that original kind of seed of like why am i here why am i doing this and why mm. did i not like train to be a lawyer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, yeah. and and bring in all the wedge and etc yeah. etc yeah like because that's effectively I mean, what it comes down to doesn't it sometimes when you when you're in those low moments it's usually to do with money it's never to do with the job itself it's always to do with okay um all my friends are doing this this and this and this why can i only just afford my rent this month <laughs> you know <laughs> it's 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 often to do with that yeah i mean uh, we're in a bizarre world right now where i think a lot of people are feeling that full stop in a lot of different situations so yeah um but yeah it's it's that it's i mean for me we were saying at the beginning of this this idea that too, too many things going on at once can also be a, a quite a source of like worry and anxiety mm. um the whole conveyor belt brain thing like putting one more thing on at, at, at one end just means things fall off at the other yeah. and that actually is quite quite a, a a cyclical process that causes anxieties and that sort of um slight implode uh <laughs> yeah you, almost, you almost feel sometimes that you're taking on too much and not enough at the same time yeah, yeah. you're almost like i'm, I'm underworked but i've got yeah. all these jobs to do and you're like oh, yeah 
shit I'm yeah, exactly do, <laughs> I'm gonna do it and, and actually though yeah talking I suppose some of that then links back to the kind of like the money <laughs> the yeah. money and the li- the living ability to live type thing but um I still just generally consider myself incredibly lucky to be able to have maintained enough of a, a living to to be able to still be doing this however mm. much pressure I'm under like I had a conversation with Dean in the studio one time when I was not in a particularly good place just for all sorts of other reasons as well and he it was amazing he just kind of helped me remember in that moment and sometimes that's all you need is like Mm. something just to pull you back (laughs) and go oh yeah 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 it's okay I was a little bit lost there but now I'm (laughs) I'm back and he was just like out of all the hundreds of thousands of things that we could be doing with our lives and all the possible questions that come with all of that, is it not just an incredible thing that we're able to do something as a career that we genuinely love? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it presents it presents its own problems, but ultimately, I think that's way better than me being sat in an office just like banging my head against the keyboard and, and just thinking... I don't enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, there's I, a I lot. Think, of, there's a lot of that. If you if you think, oh, I could go and be a bank manager, and then two weeks into that, you'd think, oh, I wish I was back on stage now. <laughs> I, I think I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that's that's an individual, it's a personal thing. That's yeah, just my love of music. Since you know, my dad was playing Prince records at me when I was eight or nine years old, and me being like, "What the hell is this? <laughs> I love this." Yeah, um, is your dad a musician? He's closet musician i suppose no okay. not really his he came from a semi-musical family like his dad played piano and like was a real passion for him but wasn't a job related thing at all just a just a hobby right. dad oh, nice. dad played dad played classical guitar when i was a kid i remember him seeing seeing him do that and yeah was obviously just a big part of his life in general he's always you know he was collecting vinyl and big fan of going to you know gigs and stuff when he was when he was younger when he wasn't having to work every hour under the sun through the 80s yeah. to keep us all in uh, nappies and <laughs> yeah and, and that's food. sometimes all you need to someone that has a passion for music even if they're not a musician just someone you can kind of look up to and go oh yeah. there's more music out there than just gina g and the spice girls okay yeah yeah absolutely oh, i've forgotten about gina g wow. yeah gina g mate you listen that's the first thing you'll listen to when we when we hang up yeah done <laughs> Alright, I'm just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you will get early ad-free versions of the podcast in a higher quality, as well as a load of behind-the-scenes photos and audio that I've been told to say are NSFW, which I don't know what it means, but people have it on their OnlyFans account. Apparently, I, I, I don't know, I've been, I've been told that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. You can also get the app on your phone so you can listen to my voice wherever you may be. My Patreon has a pay-what-you-can scheme where all tiers are the same. The aim of this is to have more Patreons paying the smaller fee a month and not pricing people out, which in turn will pay for the show and help it run and run until the end of time. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to the show. Has your anxieties ever sort of stunted your job? Like, have they ever really affected your job? Um... It's a good question. Yeah, they have, but I don't think presentably so. Mm. If that makes you sense. Come, you, when you're when you're suffering with like the anxieties and sort of the imposter syndrome stuff, is it? Do you kind of try and keep it down? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's a conscious thing though. I just do because I know. I, I guess again, partly subconsciously, I, I don't. I, I know that's not a useful thing to have on the surface when basically I'm trying to just carry on doing the job. <laughs> uh, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Never you can't really... be the one on the bus that's complaining about lack of sleep or whatever. You can't be that person. So you do. Oh no! Sort right. of train so, yourself just to like. You know what? In in that sense, yeah. So I've not really not really considered this in in this way. It's a really good question. Um, in that sense, n- no. I I wear it on my sleeve, and and I think we all do. And there's a culture within what we have going on as a as a band and as a touring party that makes that really important like that we all know <laughs> that we've got people around us that can help sort of take the sting out of some of those things and yeah that it's better essentially that to just have it out <laughs> to, to yeah. a, a lot of the time I, i've dealt with this in in all sorts of different walks of life like anxiety and depression wise but the end resulting thing is it's always best to start hearing these things come out of your own mouth (laughs) when it's physical and when you start discussing it and you get into more conversations it belittles it 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 starts to pull it back from that sort of swirl of chaos that is happening in your head often and it just yeah you can be a bit more sort of whoops things breaking in my studio falling apart around me uh it it stops that cycle it it helps you see it a bit more objectively and and starts to make the size of the problem smaller yeah because you partly because you realize other people are dealing with dealing with exactly the same thing and some of this stuff sounds really kind of cliched but it's true (laughs) it is really true you're kind of in it together you're yeah experiencing this all together Honestly, it's such a funny thing because that again, when you get into this as a as a younger musician, and you're like, you see what you think is the world of uh, the the world of what like stardom, I suppose, ahead of you. Yeah, <laughs> and there's like, I, I guess for a certain kind of cream layer of people in the industry, there's definitely a massive jump between like how it is to function in day-to-day life as yeah. as an artist when everybody knows who you are and i can't imagine it like it must be hectic I've, i mean i've talked a little to frank about some of these things and and just the idea that you could easily be recognized on the street or what what that means to the the sort of people getting into your space <laughs> yeah when, when you least want them or expect them to that you often see that as probably the most likely outcome if you're going to be getting into the music industry and how actually mm. completely different it is i don't mind it one little bit do you get recognized when you're no, with no, no, frank no. or do you get recognized on your own but well, i guess what i'm saying is i don't which oh. i'm quite i'm quite all right by nice <laughs> like, okay great. again yeah i'm sort of happy just just being a bit more in the background and just doing the the thing that I do (laughs) the drums thing more than anything but it's funny that then you the same kind of thing like you say you bump into someone who turns out to be the keyboard player for like one of the UK's (laughs) biggest (laughs) biggest like classic rock uh, pop artists and um, again the most unassuming (laughs) like dude that you'd never know and and just part of yeah. the part of the background but also it was great because he was just he was just there with his wife and his kid just had a baby and he's just like 
just a normal looking dude you wouldn't assume yeah. anything and then you yeah. look on his thing and he's like oh he's just there as he stood on Wembley Stadium great yeah. he's just like just playing great yeah <laughs> yeah play. and again though if you link that back to this whole idea of anxiety stuff is that we are all just normal people just yeah. trying to do, kind of doing a job it's just a bit of a weird one because you often end up slightly more in the limelight than ordinarily people would but yeah yeah it's it's weird we yeah um, i don't know when we did some of the foo fighters shows we we definitely sorry this is pinging in the background as well shut my <laughs> shut my sorry. phone up uh we definitely experienced that thing of like i mean i didn't know what the fuck to say to these <laughs> to these guys they're literally some of my biggest heroes from back in so back in the day let's, let's go back to the start of that you get the email saying right we've been offered a gig with the foo fighters is your first yeah. thought, oh, I hope I'm free? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I knew I would be, would be free. <laughs> that's, yeah. a no, that's a no-brainer. That is, if you yeah. make yourself not free for that, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. What was that? What did that feel like? What was that when you read it, those words? <laughs> look, I think my heart definitely skipped a beat. And yeah, yeah just really excited. Like, wow, yeah. what an opportunity yeah. for one. Like, if you kind of think of it from a business sense in terms of, what our band are able to do and what that means for for us and presenting ourselves to a wider audience what an opportunity it's amazing mm. from then just the personal aspect it it completed a bit of a cycle for me like i i talk about this all the time in fact i talked about it with taylor god rest his soul mm. uh, which was like a yeah a really important moment for me i guess i went to see them on the color and the shape tour one of the color and the shape tours in i think it was like 98 late 98 early 99 something like that at brixton and it's one of those pinnacle shows i remember from my i say childhood from my you know formative days as a as a musician and yeah just thought the show was incredible and it was i remember just watching and just being like what must it be like to be able to play a show in a venue like this to all these people like it's amazing you know i hope one day that i i get to do this kind of thing obviously just not no idea how or what i would have to do to <laughs> to get there yeah and one of the one of the real moments in that was they played my hero which is like i think one of the best pop rock songs of of yeah of a generation and they played they did double drums so dave was on one kit and taylor was on the other because like on the record it's sort of like it's like two drum kits layered one over the other there's kind right. of yeah, yeah. So you can play it loosely just as one player but the recording was two so they did this double drums thing and i was like oh my god <laughs> i'm seeing dave on drums i never thought cause I, ne I was not old enough to catch nirvana really yeah. right when and it was like a what a moment so next part of the cycle we have a brixton show i can't remember when it was 20 2019 early 2019 maybe late 2018 something like that like that was a massive honor to be able to be on that stage and go okay i was there once upon a time watching one of my favorite bands now we get to do this we have the opportunity to to do this to people this is what it feels like yes it's been hard work kind of getting here but like it's so rewarding go forward another few couple of years to the end of the cycle where we're then supporting the band that I was watching back at those honestly you can't you can't make it up man and I'm I'm so grateful um yeah. 
and actually a lot of that just understanding that cycle has been really good for my own like just treat like self-soothing <laughs> i yeah. suppose if you're ever in a place where or if i'm ever in a place where i'm like just imploding a bit about various things i try and come back to little just moments like that and go who knows what life is about full stop why we're here or what we're doing but that was cool (laughs) and i just need to hang on to that as a, a, a thing to take forward with me just remind myself that that was an incredible opportunity that you managed to make happen through what you were doing and you just got to kind of keep going but yeah the first show was gothenburg we like a, a stadium in gothenburg and they played my hero which i think i remember someone saying that they hadn't played it for quite a few years uh but they played my hero and i just yeah started tears started rolling just remember in the middle of the show watching this and i was like how am i here right now can someone <laughs> pick can someone pinch me <laughs> someone please pinch me now yeah that, it I'm makes try- it real doesn't it they all the emails in the world they're they're amazing obviously but it's not when you see the band on stage in the sound check or whatever playing those songs and you go oh yeah. these are these are the real so- this isn't a cover band this is the no. real band in front of me I playing know. my hero <laughs> <I> <laughs> it's know. Yeah, yeah. but also again the other side of that is that they're proper just real down-to-earth Mm. normal normal human people which you know all of these artists all of these celebrities are <laughs> uh, yeah and you yeah. have to remember you know they've been through all these kind of things as well they experience all these kind of things uh also yeah of course when you're stood backstage and you're talking to taylor you're looking at him are you just thinking that's taylor hawkins right there that's Taylor Hawkins. Talk. Yep, there's Taylor Hawkins looking at me. Yeah, yeah. My brain. I was trying my best not to let, not to go inside my brain, which was going, hello, hello, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. And and just actually listen to what he had to say and like try and have a proper conversation. Like honestly, a, a super down to earth human being. Like ninety mm. percent of that conversation was about how much he loved Roger Taylor. <laughs> uh, oh really? <laughs> as a, as a drummer, yeah. Basically, and like everything about him was just kind of like fed. From from Roger Taylor. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the rest was, yeah, just just good vibes, just stories and just nice individual asking you about yourself and, and, you know, advice and all that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, really, really good. But I think Amazing. that's what happened anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like as, as in, I could well have just been making that without putting in my head because I was <laughs> just going, what am I doing? <laughs> what do I say to these people? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the, that's the thing. When you when you meet these people, you, you do kind of have to try and keep it as cool as possible. You can't be a fanboy. Yeah. Because as soon as you're a fanboy, any chance to be mates with them is is kind of gone. So you kind of, in yeah. your head, you're going, <laughs> just be cool, just be cool, just yeah, be cool, yeah. just be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I get 30 seconds of conversation without just tripping over myself, that'll yeah. be one. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 That whole thing, when I read that, I thought, Fair play. That is an amazing, as you say a minute ago, it was a great business opportunity for for rattlesnakes, for Frank and the you know and the business because people forget yeah. that a band is a business. A hundred percent. Yeah, you know, they, they've got it, to do what's right for the business. You know, if, yeah. if someone says, "Can you come to Fife for fifty quid and play a two-hour show?" No, yeah. <laughs> it's not good yeah. for business. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's easy to forget that as well. Again, like when you look at it from the outside. I mean, I think we all probably felt that, thought that when 
we first got into this when you look mm. at what you know the stars are doing and and i want to be doing this i want to be you know not to not to take away from that but yeah it is called the music industry <laughs> it yeah. is an industry it is about business at a certain level like i say we're just really lucky that we get to do something fun <laughs> yeah yeah as 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 that but yeah you're right it's the music business not the music friendship even though there are exactly. big friendships involved yeah it's yeah. still a business and that's yeah. what worries me a little bit about being a session guy is the fact that a, a tour manager once told me and this is always stuck in my head um mm. and it's really bad that it's stuck in my head but he once told me that bands aren't loyal he was like bands artists yeah. aren't loyal to you you know they could get you get they'll get someone else and i was like yeah. oh yeah if you yeah. can do the foo fighters gig it's not like yeah. You know, Frank and Dean, they go, okay, we won't play it then. They'll just go, okay, we'll yeah. get another drummer for that. You know, yeah. That's kind of an anxiety in itself that you think, okay, yeah. cool. I'm being the session guy it. and I'm playing all these cool shows. But if I can't yeah, make one yeah. of those shows, I've lost a whole two-week yeah. tour. Hundred percent. I it that always reminds me. This is so, I'm being so candid right now. Uh, but I think the guys would just have a bit of a chuckle, and then we'd all just remember that it is a business again. So yeah. yeah. Uh, but we we had uh, Bobby Gillespie from Primal Screaming to to uh, record some guest vocals on a tune for the last awesome. record, Sticky. Um, what a lovely dude as well. Like really, really calm, down to earth, awesome. full of full of tons of amazing stories. But basically half halfway through like the time that he was there we were in a conversation about all sorts between all of us and he started talking about sort of working with various musicians and, and was just like yeah you know like occasionally you just got to kind of uh like just shake up your team and like you know like sort of you know get a, get a new bunch of guys in and like that and i i was just i think yeah, my little anxiety gland just started going. Yeah, y y no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you, you don't. You don't have to, guys. You, no. don't, you really don't have to. You don't have to anyway. But no, it is important to remember elements like that. I think that goes in a lot of business, though. Full stop. Like mm. if, if m most businesses, if you're especially especially if it's a very sort of self-sufficient you know kind of self-employed you've made your own business kind of thing you sort of have to keep all those kind of things in mind the whole time to just yeah. keep pressing you onto the right things and in the right direction uh to make sure yeah you're not kind of losing clients unnecessarily or, or mm. doing something that is potentially gonna cause them to think okay yeah let's just not worry about that guy anymore and, and kind of yeah yeah i think if you if you've got you tick off all the the major kind of like things we talked about already like i mean be on time be a nice guy be adaptable know your shit inside out sorry pardon my french That's fine uh, <laughs> i don't know how have you got a little bloop um, no nah, nah, it's all going yeah, in like, it's rock and roll it's rock and roll excellent. <laughs> uh do yeah know your stuff <laughs> know your shit know your uh, shit so well that it can be, you know, it, it makes you even more adaptable, yeah. uh, all this kind of stuff. And I think basically at the end of the day, you just make yourself as available and as usable as possible. And hopefully those kind of things don't, don't happen. But I think if you worry about that too much, you just create a bit of a rod for your own back. And yeah. you have to just accept that keep going until you can't keep going and then if you're doing the right thing probably people will have your number in their book and and you might get a call from someone else <laughs> yeah the gigs are easy to lose but then the gigs are kind of in a way sometimes easy just to get because someone else can't do another gig for rod stewart yeah dan yeah. can you play keys for rod stewart yeah 
and you just say yep yeah. and work it out later <laughs> yeah absolutely which brings us back to something we talked about earlier like the whole thing of kind of being the yes man getting into as many yeah. situations as you can especially when you're learning and when, when sort of early on in in your career i suppose i as i said didn't really do a lot of that at the time i mean i was going for a university studying music performance and like drum centric kind of focus uh it was amazing the course was pretty good there was a few shoddy elements but the main thing was i just learned as much about the instrument as possible yeah. i took on and learned as much from these professionals as i possibly could um but i was in the first touring band uh that i was in at the time we started to tour the uk a little bit here and there like just a ridiculous kind of math stupid tech rock metal band that it's, it sounds like someone throwing pots and pans down the staircase <laughs> kind kind of music but i mean it was fun really fun at the time and actually we just started jamming again a few weeks ago oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah awesome. it's hilarious but at the time so i was kind of i didn't get that much time because i was doing that it was sort of filling times when i probably would have been making more connections with other guys on the course going to do jam nights and all mm. those sorts of things so you know that was just the way that my story went and i don't know if there was anything that i could have changed necessarily about it i just yeah when when i found the time in my career that it was important to start making sure i laid down those collect connections and and you know networking a bit more that i did it um, yeah and still always keep it in mind it's a very important part and actually not really something we were sort of taught necessarily to do <laughs> yeah or or, or, adv or advised that we you know should make the most of yeah i found that about university for me university was more about i learned pro tools in my own time i just learned how to run pro tools yeah um, while all my friends were out drinking and stuff and having fun, I was there with yeah. Pro Tools learning it. But yeah. for me, it wasn't really about the course. It was more about playing with different types of people. Yeah, And it was yeah. just like getting yeah. in a band. Okay, I haven't played with her before. Let's go. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. cool, that, that works. Yeah. That's really good. Oh, that bass player, I don't really get on with him. There's something weird about him, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's, yeah. that's, what I, that's valuable to me during my yeah. kind of learning experience. Yeah. I don't read music. I just okay. kind of all yeah. learn it all by ear. Do you read music? Yeah, I read like drum music. I can read um sort of standard notation like mm -hmm. tune like melodic notation just not very quickly. Yeah, no. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I'm not but very I mean I I don't find that in my line of work I I need too much. I mean it's another another sort of nod towards keeping as many skills on board or, or nurturing as many skills as possible though i mean one of my teaching jobs years ago i, I got into it was drum kit teaching but actually it wasn't only drum kit teaching which i didn't know it was like helping out at this part of this youth orchestra for like half an hour 45 minutes of their rehearsal every saturday morning this was and then off the back of that some of the students that were coming and booking lessons with me wanted tune percussion stuff so i mean i've dabbled with all of those things in my learning over the years so i felt like i had enough experience to start getting into it <laughs> yeah but it, it suddenly i found myself like spending my friday evenings exactly like you're saying not like kind of the, the learning pro tools moment rather than being out having a beer with my mates so i was <laughs> yeah. there like pouring over these melodic like tuned percussion parts going oh yeah 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 right that's that and then oh no it's a sharp if i go back there then it's got to be a sharp right yeah <laughs> and all because this, i guess like, i guess that's your session brain hardwiring you to go right don't go in un underprepared never be oh, yeah, unprepared absolutely. just you've got yeah. to know your shit and know it 
yeah. like the back of your hand. Yeah, precisely. And that, and again, that's a dealing with the anxiety side of it. You know, immediately as soon as I found that out about the job, which, yeah, it was like a slap in the face, and mm. I started to kind of find myself in that hole of of like oh yeah well what if this and what if that and i can't i can't do it <laughs> and, um, and you pull yourself out if you have the right kind of um processes yeah and, and yeah. thought processes to to kind of help pull yourself back but also you can get on top of these things well in advance and just um any opportunity to kind of back up a skill or, or, or yeah. a new skill or just to to practice and take the opportunity just know that you're not just a single singular instrumentalist like when you get into this game doing it as a session player m- most of what you're doing is you actually using your skills of understanding the music not just your instrument like yeah. you're there you've been brought into a session because yeah you can play the drums or or guitar or whatever it might be that's the bit that almost goes without saying mm. <laughs> it's the rest that's as important if not more important as a whole <laughs> yeah. and if you look at this as like fractioning up what what your job is you know 20% of it is the the kind of do i know how to play the drums bit the other 80% is like can you listen to this can you do it to a click can you get the style can you get out of the fucking way when you're not (laughs) supposed to be in the way can you and all of that so yeah i guess any advice to budding session musicians in that sense is is remember that it's about music it's not just about you and your instrument Mm -hmm. yeah it's about Um, what you can bring to the song and the other thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that as well is maintaining your instrument like even something yeah. is oh, like God, if, you're, yeah. if a hi-hat stand goes halfway through a gig you need to know how to sort it out because yeah you know not yeah. all the time you're gonna have a drum tech <laughs> no precisely yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it goes for every walk of it really you need to know how to get yourself out of a hole you need to know i guess also just the idea that the more knowledge you have the less worry you might find yourself in as well. Yeah. Like if we're talking practical r- worries, like on the spot worries that can very easily turn into big, like yeah. ov- overarching kind of, um, you know, implosion moments. Because yeah. <laughs> I talk about one that I, it was a real horrible part of my life. I ended up having two or three months off of work, just start started kind of catatonic and, and gradually found myself out of it with some help and therapy and and whatnot. But I I put that down to a few particular experiences and, and they were essentially moments of overwhelm where it was a combination of either I'd taken on too much or the combination of the things that I'd taken on board were just working against each other. A couple in particular put me in places where I was like, yeah, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. I'm okay. Yeah. I I don't have maybe all the experience I need to do this, but how else do I do that Mm. (laughs) other than doing it? And, and so I put myself in those positions and I think unfortunately it was just a, a a bad, a bit of a perfect storm of stuff that sent me into that place of like, I can't do this. Mm. <laughs> what, whatever did I, what, however did I think that I could do this? Yeah. And when, uh, but that's, it can be a really, really dangerous cycle because if it's unchecked, which it was for me for a good two or three months, probably without 
me talking about it to anyone and again that was a big part of the learning yeah curve. being able to talk to people um, was great because then you can understand when you say it out loud you sort of realize that the problem isn't actually as big as you thought yeah and uh yeah you know someone else will be going through the same thing and you go oh okay that's yeah. fine yeah. Oh, maybe i can maybe i can do this then yeah. but talking about the, it is the is the most important thing yeah absolutely all that you know that your level of expectation was maybe unrealistic or that or that someone else could could look at it and go yeah yeah you, you know that no that makes perfect sense anyone mm. would be in the same situation you know when i when it happened to me i did this and that and like yeah like i said earlier it kind of belittles the the problem i think in a in a healthy way not to say yeah. that it was belittling it as in it wasn't an important thing to happen or wasn't an important thing to think about but it helps make it smaller and, and more manageable more dealable yeah um, of course spreads the load a bit but yeah and that was that was all teaching work related that wasn't oh was it that wasn't perfect, home yeah. life or oh, it was a, it was a combination yeah it was home life we we were moving house and stuff at the time which is oh, like yeah. yeah one of the most stressful things you can do full stop so <laughs> it, was, it was it was a combination like i say a bit of a perfect storm of stuff but a couple of the things in particular were work related like teaching related experiences that just sent me absolutely west wow. <laughs> I, I just yeah was like I thought I could do this, <laughs> yeah. but it was just the re the requirements of those particular scenarios, and and again the fact that it wasn't just one and dealing with that, it was other things happening in other ways that were requiring a lot of my attention, and it was all about time management and all these kind of things, and it just imploded on yeah. it, on itself. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. Time management as well goes into. Um what kind of my next question would be was people want to be a session musician. You kind of have to do a lot of different jobs. Like you teach. Yeah. You teach yeah, online, yeah. online drum lessons, don't you? Yeah. 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 So it's not just like, oh, cool, I'm a session guy. I'm out every night of the week playing gigs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you know, uh, gigs, are, gigs are quite um, not, as, not as abundant as you think. No, absolutely. Or not at least with one with what if you put all your eggs in one basket yeah. kind of thing that old adage is just it is very 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 relevant and um yeah a t time management overall is something again i don't think we were taught necessarily enough about how valuable or how important it would be to to understand the element of just doing this job that you are your own boss and for that you need to be md you need to be <laughs> your own HR department, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, dealing with all the, the kind of personal anxiety, life, work balance stuff. You need to be your own marketing. Social media uh, expert, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and all of that stuff. Let your own accountant. <laughs> oh, precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a massive part of it because, again, you, you can get yourself in a right pickle if you've yeah. not dealt with all that stuff, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> fines for not putting in your tax returns and all these guys. It sounds like boring as anything, but... Yeah. It's really important. And again, all of those things are massive feeders to anxiety, to worry, mm. to, to finding yourself in that place where you're just overwhelmed with too many things to, to deal with yeah. and no necessary, like, easy way out. Um, no, you just so got, you've kind of got to just get your head down and kind of work through it and learn as you go and try not to yeah. overthink it. That's I think that's one of the main issues is yeah. people overthink, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been great to chat. I've got like, uh, my, my dad actually came up with this thing. He said, what you should do at the end of your podcast is have like five quick fire questions. So it's like, don't think uh, about yeah. it, just like quick fire. So I've written, a, I've written a few down here, right? Okay. So before can you I, go. 
Can yeah. I take the caveat of if I if my brain won't think about this quickly enough to get an appropriate answer, can I pass? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or I'll, or I'll edit it, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nice. no one will know. <laughs> um, so, uh, what band could phone you up now and say, the gig's tomorrow, can you play all the songs? Apart from the Rattlesnakes, obviously. Uh, Sting. Sting. <laughs> what what an answer! <laughs> I think, uh, ever since we started talking about Vinnie Colliuta earlier, I was like, yeah, one day I'll be like Vinnie. <laughs> and so Sting. Yeah. Oh, great. Sting. Okay, great. What artist do you just not get? You just don't understand why they're so big? Uh, Baby Shark. Oh, yes um, one of that yeah one of those <laughs> crazy crazy frog <laughs> crazy all that stuff make, yeah. all that stuff makes me sick like yeah. honestly Wig- wigfield or someone like that i mean i get it like it's pop it's uh you know it, it's like the kind of um oh this is definitely not a one word answer sorry yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's good. you know that's like it's like the absolute bubblegum end of pop who yeah. is that who did barbie girl that uh, all aqua. that stuff aqua yeah, yeah. like I get it that there's a market out there for it and like it's you know whether you like it or not it makes sense baby shark yeah <laughs> crazy mad, frog i can't get that I'm and sorry. when people when people it's normally like you know relatives or whatever that aren't in the industry they go oh have you heard that baby shark song and you're like no i haven't what do you mean you haven't yeah. heard it oh i listen i've been listening to sting <laughs> so. yeah yeah exactly yeah i've listened to real music man yeah, wigfield yeah. have you ever heard of wigfield <laughs> yeah. yeah um what artist did you instantly connect with? As soon as you heard it, you were like, yeah. Uh, Prince. Prince, cool. Yeah, yeah. One song you wish you'd written? When Doves Cry. Nice. What an incredible tune. Nice, yeah. That bit in the middle one. that's not on the single that just goes all bonkers and like, <laughs> oh, it's stupid, but it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and one song you are proud to be a part of? All of them. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I think just whatever. You one just of my done uh, the drugs just came out, didn't it? When did the drugs come out with Jamie T? That's a yeah. Tune. That was That's going a bit off topic. Yeah. Of, uh, that was yeah end of end of August or something. I think. Oh no, it? or it came out. Not, oh, I can't remember now. So <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a, that was a lot of fun. That that tune as well. Um, I love Jamie T. I, I, he's one of my. You heroes. know what? Yeah, yeah, He's incredible great. artist. Like, yeah. yeah, some some amazing tunes in this back catalogue. Um, so yeah, one song. I think Snake Eyes, yes. the Rattlesnakes tune. There was yeah. something about it. It was one of the first ones that, because I didn't play on the first record on, on Blossom, uh, the guys got me in for Modern Ruin. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first tunes that we started working on in sort of a little bit of pre-production stuff. And I was like, oh, I am in. Awesome. <laughs> this is me all over. I love it to bits. And then it's just been one of those kind of pinnacle ones that it represents everything about the the band i think or it did at the, the time yeah. anyway um and about a bit of like my stamp on the thing i mean it was sort of built out of what the guys had in mind for f- from their early demo kind of thing but again that was a moment where they could be like what would you do how would you interpret yeah. that and that that was the thing and um yeah, oh, so that awesome. one, I think. So was that the yeah. first time you thought, I can do this? Uh, yeah, this is all right. I can do this. Yeah, I guess so. I suppose maybe a bit cockily hmm. and in probably the right way to be looking at it from <laughs> from yeah. the point of view of being a session session musician and believing in what you do. I think I knew that I, I would be able to, but then again, when you get into that, like you hyper-focus onto the job at hand on the day and what's there, then there's always little background anxieties about whether you're going to come up with the right thing for yeah. the right. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Just proud of that one, I guess. 
Yeah. Oh, nice. Cool. Nice one, man. Um, what have you got coming up? What's uh, what's new in the world we, of Gareth Grover? Uh, Rattlesnakes, we're going into the studio in not the not-too-distant future. Um, awesome. Starting to work on record number five, which is very exciting. Nice. Um, I am busy teaching my little heart out doing a load of remote lessons as well as yeah in-person stuff uh, anyone that can get to the absolute back end of nowhere yeah where are you where are you in the world (laughs) i live in a tiny little village like in the middle of hertfordshire um nice so yeah not too far away from london that is i can get there and get in and out and do do business in london easily Uh, that's so weird because uh the previous podcast i've just edited me and this girl talked about living in london is quite a big misconception about being a session guy you have to live in london it's like you, you yeah. don't have to you can as long as you can get to london in an hour you're kind of all right yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely i'd agree with that i mean i i basically grew up around here as well and sort of flew the nest did a couple of things lived in london for university for a little while yeah. ran out of money ran out of money came <laughs> home <laughs> uh, and then yeah a like, tale like, as old as time <laughs> yeah and and met my wife and and we just sort of settled in the air back to the area so it's it's nice my kids go to the school that i went to nice <laughs> when i grew up stuff like that but it's like it's it's pretty sleepyville but uh again it's nice after a tour to, to come back to yeah, that. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, yeah. Literally that. Just, you know, again, talking about the world of, like, worries and anxieties or, or things that cause <laughs> that stuff is being on tour is pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy schedules. And then, yeah, to be able to come home to somewhere quiet where there's just red kites flying around over my head everywhere and I can go walk in the in the woods and it's yeah, chill. Nice. <laughs> it's really nice. So, yeah. Oh, awesome, man. It was great to chat to you and it's great to... um see you you know i always see your video so it's almost like i kind of know you already just because i see your, <laughs> yeah. your, your drum videos all the time um yeah but yeah mate thank cool, you man. so much for doing this um no thank you for inviting me to do it right here we go the old one take blunder <laughs> one take blunder that was gareth grover on the stage fright podcast you can find him online at instagram.com forward slash no what was it instagram at on instagram at gareth grover if you'd like to help out the show please sign up to my patreon where for the price of half a coffee a month you can get early ad-free higher quality access of the pod as well as some extra bonus bits and conversations patreon.com forward slash dan parkinson music email me any thoughts and ideas you might have for the pod all right stage fright at gmail.com and find us on instagram and twitter if you want twitter at all right stage fright i don't really use twitter though I still follow it anyway if you want. I'll put some stuff on there. Start using it. Instagram at the Stage Fright Podcast. Anyway, thank you for listening and thanks to Gareth for having a chat. And I'll see you in the next one. See ya. Oh, there's more of the song. Okay, I'll just fill this section. Oh, it's fine. It's, it's done. Right, next. No one listens to this bit. <laughs>